ESPN Lafayette. E to the S to the P to the N. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Great Scott Show on a... Give me all you got! Give me all you got! Give me all you got Friday. I know I uh, make fun of Nasty Nick all the time for constantly saying football is back. But that backyard brawl pit West Virginia, that was fun. College football, it's back. It's back. I mean, tomorrow is the Saturday. The tailgates will be flush. Cajuns kick off at Cajun Field, a full slate of games, the bad beats, the epic wins, the celebrations, it's all on. It's here. It's here. That is reason to be excited. Dr. Brian Maggard, uh, athletic director for Louisiana, will join me at about 740-ish, 745 this morning. Um, We'll have a uh, couple of employees from Twin Peaks that'll be in in the 8 o'clock hour, back end of it, to talk about tailgating, and we'll give away some gift cards then. But kicking off the show with us this morning, while it's nice to be excited about college football, for Saints fans, it feels like a lot of momentum over the last couple of days has evaporated. And, um, you know, let's just say that uh, the mood around the building, it can change quickly. Has it changed for this guy, Gus Cadgill, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent? Good morning, Gus. How are you? Hey, man. Good morning. How are you? Who would have thought that uh, Aaron Cromer, former interim Saints coach and O-line uh, coach, had something in common with Marcus May? They like to, uh, they like to threaten teenagers, allegedly. Uh, they like to just threaten teenagers that uh, run their mouths a little bit. Yeah, man. That, um, that was... I mean, when you that report come across yesterday and then you read the police report you know it's um it, it gives you pause right i mean it gives you pause to just um sit there and be like well, what's going on man um because i think what's even more remarkable to me is some of the reaction when you look at some of the comments um even before the police report or after by saints fans and you know, I don't, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just kind of. I always say this: when, when it's a player that's on your team, or you know, you root for, Scott. Uh, fans always will say, "Well, you know, let's let's wait for more information," or you know, that can't be true, or they're out to get him and who you are and things of that nature. And when it's somebody on another team that you oppose, right? It's always, ah, oh, you know, that guy is this and that. So. I, I just look at it from a perspective of, you know, whether it's a, watching enough um, law and order CSI dude or just actually knowing people in, the, you know, law enforcement. To get an arrest warrant, you have to have some sort of evidence. And um, whether that was a photo, whether that was a video, something over the last three days before they actually went to arrest him, they 
had to have found out who that was and who he was. And, you know, I, I like I said, I just, I, I read some of these comments so they knew who he was. And like, I, I mean, unless you've got a license plate and you know who that is, I, I would probably argue right now, 85, 90% of Saints fans probably couldn't tell me one characteristic of Marcus May, hair, eyes, face, I mean, something, you know, and quite honestly, like, unless you're, Came Jordan with this Fu Manchalorian. I mean, could you legitimately give me a characteristic or point out who certain Saints players sort of are? You know, I mean, you you and I probably could it. better than others, and I'm, it depends. God, I'm telling you right now, I honestly don't know what Marcus. No, no, I mean, but but obviously, like, it depends. Know? It depends on the right. player, you know. I mean, it, right. a new no, guy that hasn't that hasn't. If it was former correct. Saints cornerback C.J. Gardner Johnson slash D back oh, safety, whatever, everyone, everyone could, right? But, but no, it, thing, uh, like, Marcus May, you're right. It's like, tell me what, what Zach Wood looks like, everybody, right now. Do it. Like, you can't. No. Right? I, He's on the team, you but you can't. I mean, well, you can tell me what Jam- who Jameis Winston is or Michael Thomas. Uh, what is what is what is Dejon Dixon on the practice squad? Exactly what does he look like if he's not in uniform? Do you recognize him? Like, right. Yeah. No. Well, you and, might and recognize Traquan. And the other thing, too, Scott, is, you know, being around and you go to the practices and, you look in the parking lots, a lot of these cars either have tint or, you know, darker tint than, than most, um, or the windows rolled up. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, like, I, I'm just trying, I'm just, again, all I can go by is what the report says, you know? Well, I do think, listen, you're identified, I, but I don't know how you would identify him unless a window was rolled down. His name is being said. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I think, listen, would, I, I think even that. though, he, look, so it's worth noting his attorney has spoken and says that Marcus vehemently denies the allegation. He's not said, he didn't say Marcus wasn't there, nothing happened. Right. He says the allegation. And so Marcus has the side of the story. And yes, I do think that's, that is worth noting. But if you're a Saints fan, I mean, the guy is already dealing with another legal issue from a fight for a 2021 arrest for allegedly, you know, driving while intoxicated. And when these things start to build up, you know, for the NFL, even after the legal process plays out, which they'll, you know, they'll likely wait until it does. It doesn't even, you know, it it might, if it's settled, if something happens outside of it, if it doesn't fully, you know, if he gets, if he doesn't get charged, it doesn't mean the NFL might not still come down, but they don't typically punish players until the legal situation plays out. Uh, so much like Kamara's situation or May's other case, the league will stay out of it unless, look, I've said this for years. I mean, video changes everything. If some kind of video were to become public, then the NFL just does something right away. Uh, and they and they often go, you know, farther than they would otherwise. And that's just, that's just the reality of the situation. But... You know, somebody asked me when it happened. They're like, well, I guess he didn't play in this season. I'm like, no, he might be playing you know, a week from Sunday. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a, it's a good story. It doesn't mean he's playing all year. But, you know, unless the team does something. But Dennis Allen, you know, on one hand, you're, you're prepared in the DB, where in, in the defensive backfield where you've had, you know, we've talked about it. Man, they finally got depth at that position for the first time ever. And now, in a matter of a couple days, You've lost two, we'll say starters, because C.D. Deuce, by nature of of the kind of defense Dillis Allen likes to play, and the fact that there's five DBs on the field, the majority of the time kind of was a starter. And now you've lost two, just like that. Now, the C.D. Deuce, when they were prepared for it, they knew it was coming. They They were trying to move on, and we've talked about it a lot this week. 
the May thing, they this was not one they were preparing for. Um, add in the fact that Trevor Penning is on IR now after getting hurt last week. I mean, a lot can change in a week, Gus, and I, I'm not telling you that I suddenly think the Saints are going to have a losing record. Nothing like I'm not. I'm not. I know you're going to try to accuse me of saying something I didn't say, but I, I do think this last week can impact maybe my prediction overall on wins losses because this is not the kind of momentum you want going into a season. And I'm not going to say, ah, you know, Penning's injury and 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 the fact that you know Marcus May got arrested for the second time in the last year, by the way, and the fact that C.D. Deuce isn't there anymore and he got traded for a bag of Skittles, that doesn't really impact the team at all. Like I can't, I can't lie to myself. I can't say that. I mean, there is going to be an impact on the field, no question. Yeah, I mean, I think also morale, uh, and I say morale, I mean, in terms of the, the locker room's got to get addressed one way, shape, or form uh, on any of those things, right? I mean, obviously, after that incident uh, with May, true not how it went down or not, regardless, got to imagine, you know, Dennis uh, speaks uh, with everyone. As you know, here's here's the thing with with the, I guess the the roster and in the moves there. Look, Trevor Penning impacts you on the depth aspect of it for sure. I mean, that's without question. Was he going to start? I don't think so. He was still going to be behind James Hurst. And yesterday, you find out through reports and you know by. Nick speaking, Nick Underhill, New Orleans, that football to him that he's healthy and ready to go. So your starting left tackle is good. Depth-wise, absolutely. Um, Now, could Trevor have pushed at certain points? I don't know. I think you were really good at bringing up early on in in the process here with with Trevor Penning, you know, whether, you know, took Armstead a little bit before he eventually got to starting. So could he have eventually started? Maybe. Um, Look, in that drive, you saw – a lot of his positives, you know, run block, incredible. The play that Jameis Winston got hit, you saw what he needs to work on. He got beat. Um, and, and his guy, you know, hit Jameis Winston. So not to say that he couldn't get better. He was getting progressively better. And look, anytime you miss time over the next couple of weeks with the torn ligament in a foot to alignment, that stings. So, yeah, I would say to an extent, Scott, it affects your roster, um, from a depth standpoint, but he was not going to be your starter. CD Deuce hurts you. There, I, I can't sit here and say, Scott, you're overreacting because you lost your starting nickel. I mean, that's just, that just is what it is. I mean, you, you can't lose a starter in someone that does bring certain elements to your football team and then say you're better without that individual. Now, if you want to argue with me team-wise, say not me, that you're better in the long run from somebody that can either be a distraction or somebody that may or may not want to be with your team. And, you know, Dennis Allen, the last couple of days has been very adamant about it. It's all about the team. He spoke um, earlier in the week and about allowing people to be themselves. He's all about that as long as it's within the framework of the team. And yeah, I, I, I hear it a lot from Saints fans all of a sudden that, you know, wait a minute, now all of a sudden this guy is a locker room issue. Now all of a sudden this guy, you know, is a problem. I think the team's trying to smear him and all this. I, look, all I know is this, and it was brought up by you on the show, and I thought it was a very good point when you came on Wednesday on our show, that 
when this team tried to go get Deshaun Watson, which I'll circle back to, they, his name popped up. He was one of the names being brought up involved in trades. So that was months ago. And then you add what happened at camp, and I've spoken to two people that remember certain instances at practice uh, that maybe we didn't get to see the rest of the media. And he not only made comments to coaches, but absolutely some people thought that some of those injuries that, that he held out for a practice or two were not. And he was making a point. So if it was progressing, that's an issue. Now, I said circle back because this team did try to go get Deshaun Watson, who they know was going to be a distraction to an extent. And um, so how much of a locker room problem can a locker room problem sort of be if you're going to do that? I, look, it's just it's odd timing. It's odd that you feel like the best thing for your team is to part ways inside of you know two weeks of the season opener with your starting, you know, nickel corner. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to understand that other than what Dennis Allen said though, Scott, it's that he believes that there's depth there. And, you know, when you look at CD Deuce, it, it is what he brought to the table more of what everyone seems to be referring to the, the juice, the getting people under their skin, getting them ejected. There's no, people, look, there's no one like him. I mean, he, he was yeah. the, the thing that he did that set him apart that endeared him to a fan base uh, is, is the thing that, that just can't be replaced. I mean, there, there wasn't a, pl- there's not a player in the league that's better at getting under an opponent's skin than Chauncey Gardner Johnson. I mean, I, Give me someone like at least, I, I don't even. It, you're going to be hard pressed to even argue with it. I mean, that's something that mm-hmm. he did, and it was a weapon. And you can't replace that. As far as replacing him on the field, yeah, I think it has something to do with why they wanted to bring Bradley Roby back. I think they saw this as a possibility. Um, and you know, Underhill wrote about it, but it's like you know, Roby. Maybe he's playing in the slot of its games against a, a really good slot receiver. Maybe it's. Someone else in the slot, like PJ Williams, if it's somebody that's you know if it's a team that's that's running the ball more. Whereas with Gardner Johnson, while he wasn't you know while he had his limitations at times, you didn't have to do that with him. You didn't have to plug and play. He was just there, and a position that you you know had a lot of depth that you suddenly don't. And Debo, you know, day to day, right? You don't even know he's going to be healthy enough to go week one. So that that. That area, and then going back to the O-line, I mean, I, I, I've been saying it's the area I was most concerned about because of depth, and you've lost depth there. Uh, it's just it's, it's concerning. I'm not trying to tell everyone the sky is falling. You didn't just lose you know, your starter and backup quarterback. That's what I'm saying. But, guys, I have heard a lot of, you know, and I've seen a lot of, ah, you know, it's going to be fine. I guess no big deal. Everything matters. Every one of these things matters, some more than others, but – they they are part of the dynamic of a team that you've got a new regime. Oh, you promoted from within. Okay, you did, but you can't tell me it's the same. You try to go for the continuity, but it's it's just different. I mean, and that's true anytime you promote from within uh, at any level. I mean, you you I talk to Coach Desimo every week. You had Coach Coach Des on your show earlier this week. It is in a lot of ways okay. There's some continuity there, but it's a new regime. It is. I mean, for the first time since uh, the Katrina season, you don't have either Sean Payton or Drew Brees in the building. That's that's a big thing. And I think all of these little things that are happening right now, 
they have a lot to do with what that locker room is going to feel like in the next couple of months. Now, you got great leadership in the locker room, obviously, and veterans and Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram, and, you know, we could go on and on. They've, they, they seem like they have stability there, and it seems like it's, it's highly important to, to the staff because I don't – like, we'll never know if Chauncey Gardner-Johnson would have played out the year without his contract and not been a distraction – not been a negative distraction in the locker room. We'll never know. What we do know, Gus, is that the staff wasn't willing to take that risk. And so I'm, I'm just, I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it felt like there was a lot of positive momentum when we talked last week and then since last Friday's game. And now there hadn't been a lot of positive things coming out of Saints camp. It's not like it's been 24-7 bad, but I feel like some Saints fans right now, they're just waiting. You got one, Saint, you know, one set of Saints fans that are panicking, like, oh, my God, what comes next? And another that are, I guess, in denial that nothing bad has happened. And I guess that's somewhat normal, you know? I mean, like, there's some that are panicked and some that are just ignoring the whole thing. And as usual, when it comes to this job, when we break it down, it's the reality is it's let's, let's, let's not get too far one side or the other. Let's just take it for what it is. A couple of bad breaks for the Saints, something they're going to have to overcome. I, I know what side you're on. They're now a four-win team. Is that what you're saying? No, you know? no, I'm not, I, I ain't doing. I'll give you my prediction next week, but I no, I, I four-win no. team. Well, look, Scott, I, I I agree with you to an extent that I mean you you can't have things like this and and, and think it it doesn't affect certain things. I I just still look at it like this, and I, I don't know if you want to call me the denial club because I don't think I'm that, but at the same time. Do, do I still think this team is not a good football team because of those two moves? I, I, is the defense better? Of course not. Do they have the depth? We'll see. It hasn't been answered. Um, you do know that somebody that was productive is no longer on your team. Plus, he's now the starting safety of a team in the conference that many believe can win the NFC East. So you didn't ship him to Jacksonville. I mean, you know, so... <laughs> You know, you you made the Eagles better. I would I would argue. I I don't know to an extent that if he was going to be the best nickel corner in the league or was. I know he proclaimed it. I know a lot of people here in the city felt that he was really good at what he did, and he helped. There's no doubt about it. But um, are the Falcons going to drive down the field faster now? I I I, I have a hard time saying that the defense. You know, went from a a ten to a five. Did they go from a ten to a nine five or nine? I don't think they went below an eight. Scott, I still think this is a, still good a good defense. I mean, whether it's Roby in the slot who had six interceptions during this training camp, and now you can say it's practice. I'm like, okay, well, it's practice, and that's what you have to go by. Uh, whether it's Alante Taylor, who they, you know, DA spoke about yesterday. Obviously, him missing time stinks, but I, I think they're happy with him. And at the end of the day. I'm not diminishing it at all. I'm just I, I'm trying to look at it um, as realistic as possible. He, he's the slot corner, you know. I mean, it, it's the it's the one spot on the field that gets me giddy for Chris Olave because Chris Olave is going against the third corner, the slot corner, the guy that isn't the shutdown corner. It's not Jay Alexander. It's not you know normally now. They may be matchups and defenses may move those guys, but for the most part, you would think the number one corner's got Thomas. The number two corner's going to have Jarvis Landry, vice versa. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I, I can't say I look at what's happened in the last couple of days 
and say, oh, there it is. You know, the Saints are going in a direction or this has something to do, you know, and I don't know, I don't think that's what you were insinuating. And now that Drew is at the, you know, the sidelines, the Purdue game and Sean's as an analyst, this is what happens because I, I think what you've seen in the Sean Payton era, if there was somebody that was upsetting the locker room, Sean pulled the trigger. Sean cleaned house on Jimmy Graham. Sean cleaned house on, um, you know, Kenny Stills back then. Brandon, you know, closed mouths don't get fed cooks. So Sean did do things like this if this was the case. Injuries happen. I, I, I mean, again, Penning hurts from a depth standpoint immediately because I don't think he was starting on, on Sunday, the 11th. So, you know, I, I get it. And at the same time, I still look at the Saints right now, Scott, and I think they're going to beat the Falcons, and I think they're going to beat the Panthers, and I think they have, they're as good a shot, and I think they're better than the Bucks. I, I just I, – I get the, the, the feeling on it, man. Um, I do. And, you know, it does stink and – about the May thing, but I guess you, you look at it from a football standpoint and a football standpoint is until the NFL gets cases or things of that nature, he's going to play on Sunday. So you still have your starting safety. And if not, you know, then you start thinking about how many dinks and dunks you do. And hopefully your offense is better than last year. It can help maybe uh, a not as good defense. I still think they're going to be really good. And, I guess my, my one bit of, you know, it's going to be okay, Scott, and I pat you on the top of the head here. Well, Saints offense is going to be better than they were last year. So I don't need a defense that's probably going to get three to six points from the offense to win me a game, if that makes any sense. Yes. I don't miss Chauncey, but I think they'll be fine. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Um, all right, Gus. So with that being said, um, as far as the Saints go with, with, you know, the last week or so. Um, I said it's been, you know, a lot of negative headlines. Give me something positive, since you're always accusing me of being so negative. Give me give me a positive mm-hmm. headline. Get, what, what is the most positive thing that has happened in the world of the New Orleans Saints over the last seven days? Well, the last seven days, uh, what's today, Friday? So last Friday, I mean, I, I think you, you absolutely saw uh, a sliver of that potential uh, of what I've been saying, you know, when it comes to this offense with, with you, I mean, it, not just, you just, you know, on your show and on, on our shows that I, I think you're going to see a team that is going to have a lot of space back over the middle. It was part of our discussion last Friday about, can they run that Drew Brees like offense? And, you know, I kept trying to get you to see that. I, I think you absolutely can. Cause that offense is about the offense, about the timing and getting, you know, those throws down the field and pushing it. And, you know, I get it's the drive that was against guys that probably aren't teams on the team right now for the Chargers. That's fine. But I would then argue then that's what you should have seen, right? I mean, like, that's what you should have seen. Like, when LeBron goes and cooks in the Drew League for 47 points, okay, playing against guys that – you know, had a stint in the NBA or something like that. He's not going up against starters currently in the NBA. He should be cooking them. Um, but I just look at certain things I think do translate, and, and that's the timing, the quickness of the decision-making, the accuracy of the balls. I know that's something you and I talked about last week, that you're still concerned from Jameis, that 
you know, can he push it down the field? His average of his four completions were 14.3 yards. They weren't five. So, you know, it, it's what I keep saying. You're, you're going to see 20 yards and in throws. They're going to be on time. I think he can deliver that. And then the other thing that I think is really good news, Scott, if you and I don't want to see eye to eye with Jameis, we're going to see eye to eye with 41, aren't we? I mean, like how quick did Kamara look in that drive and uh, the strength of moving the pile. And, and it's kind of what I've seen in practice when um, I was asked by a caller, you know, they're going to keep a fullback. I'm like, I, I have seen, and I think I might have mentioned to you on your show, I've seen more eye formations. I have seen more run calls. And I think it's more of a balanced attack. You're going to see that. And when you looked at that opening drive, I think you saw that. You heard the players talk about it last week. So in the last seven days, I have to start with what I saw. I have to go with the fact that the first two quarterbacks in this offense didn't throw an incompletion this preseason. Again, you can say who it's against. You can say what it was. At some point, you have to at least say they were in games. And even at practice, that I will take 14 for 14. I will take no incompletions, no picks by the top two guys. It gives me a sense of what this offense can be the more they actually do it. Um, I love what you see with Alave. I think you see why Landry's going to be solid. He's going to find space. He's not going to drop anything. And, and, he, and he makes you more accurate because he's going to catch it around there. We hadn't even seen Michael Thomas. That's one of those things that I'm with you. Um, it, you know, to continue, I guess, the, the way this week sort of is, Scott, I, I know you, you're going you're gonna to feel like, here we go, if he doesn't play next week. And I'm probably going to be like, that's great. Can he play the next 16 weeks? I, I need him healthy. It's a hamstring. It's not, you know, because I, I got it this week, Scott. And I know we're, we're trying to talk about the positive things, but I am trying to be positive about this because, I've gotten it all this week. Here we go again. He doesn't want to play. He's a diva. I don't think it's I'm anything. Like, it's oh nothing. It, no, it's not that he doesn't want to play. No, but the concern is, you know, can he, like, he just hadn't been healthy in two years. And I know it's just a hamstring. I get it. But hamstrings can linger. And I, you're right. It's not, if, it's, if it was, you know, his foot or something that he had had major surgery on, that's what I'm it would be more concerning. Right, right. I'm with you there. But right. it's still like, right. Boy, I mean, if if you could just if you could get him, you know, I, I gotta and, and unfortunately, Gus, you're gonna have to forgive me, but I have to let you hear some audio because um, mm-hmm. we had a caller that you know it was it's still it's still kind of bothering me. Like I hear it in my head, but they let's just say our fans get really really excited about Michael Thomas whenever he's playing. I just said watching Michael Thomas. Play receiver is a surefire cure for ED if you're a Saints fan. I got you. Okay. <laughs> It'll make you come out hawking. Right. It'll make you come out hawking. Right. You'll help. Ah! Ah! God, all right, that's enough. I mean, you, like, that, that's that, part of me is concerned if he plays. I mean, I don't know what kind of calls I'm going to get into the show, Gus. <laughs> um, I'll say this, man. And, it's probably along the lines of what all of us were kind of maybe not oh, to, no. uh, to that extent, <laughs> not to that extent. But I will say, it was hard to not go to practice and not get excited when you saw some of those plays and catches that he was making. And the reason I say that is because he did, like Nick Underhill wrote, looks like 2019 Michael Thomas because he did 
Like all of us that were at practice made mention, my goodness, this guy is catching everything, looks strong, looks physical. And I guess that's why I'm not freaking out about it, is that if we hadn't seen him through camp, Scott, shows up a week, hammy, dude, I'm sounding the alarm, right? But up until the Green Bay um, practices, he did everything. And he was, you know, I mean, he looked great. And he was dominant, you know, and he looked fantastic. I mean, again, Dennis Allen even brought it up. He's like, he, he looks like Michael Thomas out there. Um, I, I understand the history. I understand all that. But as I've explained it, since Dennis Allen's taken over, nothing has happened to either add to that old history or to continue, I think, rightfully, for people to think about that history. He, he's, he's not been a locker room issue. He's not, not spoken with the team. He's not, not attended things. He's not, that, that hasn't happened since Dennis Allen took over. So, and it was frustrating because for the last six months, fans are still on that. There he is again. What is he? What, what, what is he? What, 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 there he is. What, what exactly is he doing? He, he was working out in California to get healthy. He showed up on camp and forced, essentially, D.A. Mickey Loomis to start training camp with him. He worked out for him the day of training camp, the morning of day one, to prove that he could do it. You're not there if he hadn't been working. He attended the OTAs in minicamp. But it didn't work, Gus, but he was there. He was there. Marshawn Lattimore and Demario Davis weren't there. He was there. So I, I, I don't understand that notion of, and again, I'm not defending, I'm just bringing up the facts that in six months, he has been at the facility, he has done everything that he needs to do to get healthy, and I keep bringing it up. If you don't want to believe me and think that I'm working for his agent, I'll just say this, his agent will tell you, he wants to get paid, he's got to play. The Saints want to trade him, because some Saints fans won't let go of that, he's got to play. I mean, you, you have to play. So both parties want him to play. <laughs> and you know who hasn't been playing? Marshawn Lattimore. He's healing and nursing, you know, a hamstring injury. Pete Werner, nursing, healing, growing injury. Soft tissue injuries happen. And unfortunately, to some players, it's something they've dealt with. No one ever says Marshawn Lattimore can't stay healthy. The guy hasn't stayed healthy. He hasn't played a full season. But no one talks to him about it like that. Because he's Warner never missed like hasn't been most off season. When, when you know, miss a whole season, uh, it's well, you, look. But, your I point mean, about Lattimore is interesting because Armstead played a lot of games last year, and everyone made it sound like he missed the whole year when they would talk about him. Like, oh well, you can't right. pay him. I mean, this that. It's like, yeah, he played, he played played most of the games. Yeah, he, when he did play, he was playing hurt, and he missed some games. And yes, he has missed games in his career, but. It's interesting. Lattimore's missed some time. Um, maybe not as much, but he hasn't had that uh, that follow him yet. And I get it with Thomas. When you get the contract and you play a few games over the course yeah. of two years and none last year, I get it. And when you are, you know, arguably, if he plays, and I expect him to, if he plays and he's healthy, <laughs> I do, I do. If he plays and he's healthy, then that's the that's the biggest offseason addition. Yeah, he was already on your team, but that's the biggest offseason addition for the team and arguably one of the bigger ones in the league because you go you just you just add it, you know, an in a, a a wide receiver that holds over 25 all-time NFL records. You just added him, right, to an offense that you know, you had him 
briefly two years ago. You didn't have it all last year. So it's 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 a it's a big one, and hopefully he'll be good to go week one, which is uh, a week from Sunday. Gus Gagnon's been our guest. All right, my friend, just a few more questions for you. We'll move off the Saints for a second. College football is here, right? I know we had week zero, blah. Last night, the backyard brawl was fun. Purdue blew it to Penn State. That was another one. I mean, you had the the, the Pitt West Virginia game. It just it, it the, the over seventy thousand, the fans, the pageantry. It I know I know it's lame to say oh football's back and people have been saying it forever. For me though, last night felt like all right, college football really it's here, it's back. We're in it. We got tons of kickoffs tomorrow. Cajuns are kicking off tomorrow. LSU kicks off Sunday. It's it's here, man. And I I enjoyed last night having meaningful football, an old historic rivalry that because of conference realignment they hadn't played in over 10 years, seeing the fans hating each other, getting into every snap, tip drill, pick six, the marching bands. It was it was a beautiful thing, man. I finally felt like, all right, I, I, I've been scratching this dang itch for the last month plus. I'm glad it's finally good. No, I'm with you, man. I think when you look at not not only the type of games and as you mentioned the pageantry and all of that, I mean, I, it's it, it's why we love it so much, right? I, I I feel it's sort of like when we're just talking about the last you know thirty minutes about the Saints, you know, like you know what's going to be better about all of this is that we're actually going to see games. We're actually going to get to see if you know the secondary is deep. We're actually going to see if Jameis can. You know, hit the broad side of a barn, like you always like to say, because you think he's worse than Cam Newton accuracy. No, I'm kidding. I, I just, my, my thing is that, that we at least have games. We have something to actually see and talk about. It. And that love that we have for it, you know, um, is going to come back. Like I noticed yesterday, not only on social media, and I was seeing you tweet, and I'm watching the games too. And I'm like, you know what wasn't brought up? Conference realignment, NIL. Yeah, yeah. I saw it was funny. I was like, man, it's too bad NIL's ruined all this. I said to myself yes, sarcastically, exactly, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, this is great. Is, yep. Change yep. forever. I'm never going to watch again. You know, these kids don't care. I mean, like, you know, all I saw was the Purdue kid, you know, take a pick six to the end zone, get to the sideline, and upchuck right on national TV. Everywhere. Everywhere. Like, Everywhere. You know, no one's. No one's sitting going, oh, no one's going to watch. No, it was, it was incredible, man. And, and I think that's why you love the game, dude. You just you, you love seeing what college football can do. And um, like I said, I, I, I'm all for it. I'm looking forward to seeing all the different games. And I don't know if my wife is, you know, that <laughs> television is going to kind of you know, but the beauty of it now, though, man, is uh, I can do it all on my on a. You know, maybe I may have to push for like my own iPad or so you know, something let, of that nature. Let me uh, let me ask you this, and then we'll let you run. We've got about two minutes left yeah. here. Uh, what is your regular season win loss prediction for UL and LSU? Um, well, based off of uh, speaking with Coach Dez too, and and the fact that. Um, Coach Delfo for Southeastern was on Tuesday too, and he's like, "Oh, they still picked the, the win, you know, the, the the conference." So that that makes me well, the, feel good. the division, um, right? The West, the Western, yeah, the division, division yeah. The, right? The division. Sorry. Um, so why not? I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know. Scott, what, what was it? Nine, nine games, yeah. nine ten. I mean, does that sound about right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, eight, I, yeah, you know, you say nine and three. I, I won't argue. I, yeah. I think that's yeah. I mean, and, and look, and I think um, that is 
a good season, you know, and I don't mean like in a bad way or something, but it's, if we're going to sit here and be like, Hey, what are the shoes that Dennis Allen has to fill? And can that program continue in the same way when you don't have a possible hall of fame coach and all that? And I'm not saying Billy Napier is going to the college football hall of fame, but Billy Napier changed the program or, you know, he put it in a certain direction in the track and expectation level and everything. But, you know, sort of like what the Saints are doing, you know, Des is part of that staff. He's played there. There's a obviously emotional connection. So I think those things do matter. It's about having players that are, that are there. You know, you got to get players. And, you know, where are those players right now? And, and I, I guess that's the thing. It's the same thing with LSU. You know, Scott, when I look at it, I, I think with the Tigers, there's talent. I, I don't know what you're going to get out of the quarterbacks. I don't know. I, I, I am not, not a fan of Garrett Nussmeyer. I'm just not ready to call him Brett Favre, like apparently most of the media, you know, like now again, I don't see him. I, I don't look at practice, but I feel like the way certain people that cover the Tigers reference him, um, he's Brett Favre. And in the games that I've seen him play, I, okay, he, you know, he has that flair of chunking it down there in that arm talent. I just, uh, let's just breathe before we say that. Um, but you have to go out there on the field and do it. You know, I, I remember seeing, you know, Jaden Daniels, you know, play, and he was electric. I mean, he, he won some games for Herm Edwards. Like, I was surprised it went as south as it did. Um, I don't know what the running back situation is for LSU, and it stinks that Emory, per his words, has a three eight three nine, and he's not going to play at least now two games. That's for Chris Blair yesterday. It's like at least, and, and the word at least is a lot different than just two games. So I don't know what that means. But there's some question marks there for that. I will say this, though, Scott. LSU is still LSU. They, they have talent. They've lost games, and they, they looked the way they did last year. So what, what's you, what you got here? What's, what, what's, what's know, the record so, at the end of the regular season? Um, I think they're going to be better coached. I think they got some talent, and I think they're better than whatever, what, fourth or fifth in the West? I think they finished third in the West. Um, give, give me eight wins. Okay. All right. Nine and three, eight and four. Gus Catengill, follow him on Twitter at GCAT underscore one seven. Listen to the Sports Hangover weekdays, noon to three on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans. Enjoy the football this weekend. Happy Labor Day. Appreciate you taking the time, my friend, and I will talk to you soon. Yeah, man, not a problem. Take care, buddy. You got it. That is the great Gus Catengill. When we come back, Louisiana Ragin' Cajun. Athletic director, technically, I think it's vice president of intercollegiate athletics and affairs, but he's the AD, Dr. Brian Maggard, in studio with me next. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show. Give me all you got Friday, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. It's time for Raging Cajun football. I'm Jay Walker. Join us tomorrow evening as Louisiana opens up the 2022 season against Southeastern Louisiana. Game time is at 6 o'clock, right here on your home for Raging Cajun football. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app.
Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I want to give me all you got Friday. We have the Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics. More commonly referred to as the Athletic Director. Actually, most commonly referred to as, you know, Brian or Dr. Maggard or Dr. Brian Maggard. Good morning. Good morning, Scott. You got the coffee? That's got the coffee. We uh You're ready to rock. Just came from Cajun Field where we uh did a quick uh TV shoot. Uh, you know, there's a great buzz out there. I can feel it already. Uh, it was it started when I was just driving in around 6:30 and uh social media is blowing up. Um you know, it's I, I feel really good about the promotion of this particular game uh, the entire season of the Mike Desimo area or era and um no, I'm excited. I'm really excited, and uh, I know our football student athletes and coaches are ready to go out and compete. I mean, Coach Desimo said, we're tired of answering questions. We're ready to answer them on the field. In other words, we've just been constantly asked over and over again about who's gone or what's changed or what's different or how you think you're going to be this year. He's like, I mean, you know, I <laughs> when I talk to them, you get a sense of where they're at in the process. And um, it's a long process, right? It's tiered out throughout the year. But but when I talked to him Monday, I got the vibe anyway, Dr. Magger, that he was kind of like the rest of us, like, man, I, I just I want this thing to start. No, I'm just ready for the yeah. season to kick off. There's, it's there's finally no here. <clears throat> there's no doubt. And, you know, there's a difference in Mike right now than there was entering the bowl game, which was his first game as head coach, right? Uh, I would compare that experience as him maybe being a little bit more nervous and anxious, right now he's really intense. You can tell. It's a, it's a different feeling uh, with Mike right now, and it's a feeling of intensity, which I'm guessing that's, you know, uh, that's what he was like as a, a player here. And uh, it's fun. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you work a lot of things out during that first game, as we know, and we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. But uh, I, I do think that uh, we've got a tremendous amount of talent. I think these young men have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. You know, as the two-time defending Sun Belt champions, you know, we're not picked to win it again. Uh, we are picked to win the West. But, uh, you know, very, very few selections on the all-Sun Belt team. Um, you know, there's just not a lot of talk about the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and we finished in the top 25 last year. And we have the longest winning streak in America, right? By more than double of that's the right. runner-up. That's right, and uh, which would be Clemson at six. So I think this team has a chip on their shoulder. Let's go out and take advantage of that and just show, you know, let's show ourselves and let's show America what Louisiana football is about. It's interesting. Last year, the team won a lot of games. Now, you opened up the season with a loss at Texas, and then they, you know, they, they won 13 in a row. But I remember talking to um, a couple of players and, you know, I think it was Shane Vallow, who's no longer with the team, but, you know, great old lineman for years. And he acknowledged, like, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we it took us a little while to click. And maybe because we were kind of highly accolades coming into it and, you know, that was kind of in our mind. And, and it took us a little while to, with the group this year, it feels like, as you said, it's not so much, yeah, we're going to be good. It's the heck, man. Like, what what do we do wrong here? Like, you don't think we're going to be good? Like, that's the vibe yeah. you're getting. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and some of that comes from Coach Desimo, and he's always had a chip on his shoulder. And, you know, he said the guys on this team, a lot of them and where they came from and how they've been overlooked, it feels like a team with a lot to prove. And and I think, I think so. that's a, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think that's an exciting thing. But 
you know, if that's a tool you use to, to drive it home, that's right. then, then do it. That's right, whatever it takes. But uh, I think there's plenty of motivation for this team and this coaching staff. But uh, I know they're also going to stay very focused. It's a very focused, deliberate program, um, Mike. That's where he structures it, runs it. And, uh, you know, they're going to go out. They'll treat it as a business trip, even though it's here at home. And uh, we know we're going to face a really good Southeastern team. They're always athletic. They're well-coached. And we know that we're going to have to play well to beat them. Vice President of Intercollegiate Athletics and External Affairs? Or is that? Yeah, right now, yeah, right sure, now. absolutely. Sure. And uh, communications and everything. You know, we'll, it's, we'll, uh... we'll, get back, we'll get back to that in a minute because I, right. I want right. to yep. focus on the game um, and that clicky noise in the background. I apologize. It'll go away in a second. Uh, folks at home can't hear it. We can. But um, what, what I've been hearing is, as you said, excitement. Season tickets, you can get them. Single game tickets. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. I wrote about this this week. We've talked about it on our airwaves. Cajun Gnome box office open from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Tomorrow at 10 a.m. until the end of halftime mm-hmm. at 10.30. I know the, the ticket booths around Cajun Field open mm-hmm. up. Uh, Russo Park, HC, D&E. Um, what, what, what is, is there a, an expectation and anticipation for some of the, the GA and the single game tickets sold? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think certainly we... we we know right now that that's going to be our, our, our biggest ticket, so to speak, and that is we're just encouraging people, whether it's today from 10 to 6 or tomorrow morning starting at 10 and and uh, throughout the day, just come buy your uh, tickets at the box office. You're going to save money on fees, right? Uh, you know, No different than any place in America. If you go online and purchase something, you're going to pay a premium for that, right? There's a convenience fee, if you will. And uh, But if you really want to cut uh, those fees out, just come right over to the Cajun Dome today. Get your single-game tickets. You can get a GA ticket. You can get a reserve ticket. Um, but to come out and, and uh, be ready to hit tailgating hard tomorrow, rain or shine, right? Rain or shine, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, get under a tent. Get under the um, the uh, the grandstand at Russo Park. Come out and have a good time, and uh, let's cheer on the Cajuns. But uh, I think, uh, you know, we're, we are expecting a good walk-up crowd and uh, looking forward to just a really, uh, really fun evening. If you're able to get them at a box office, I always say just do it. You're gonna, oh, yeah. As you said, you're going to... Well, you gonna, get them in hand. And I'm one, I guess I'm still old-fashioned, Scott, but I like a hard ticket, not a digital ticket, and I like it in my hand, so I know I have it. But anyway, no, it's all good. But yeah, come on out. It's, it's going to be a great evening, and uh, you know, it, it's absolutely time to come out and support a true son of Louisiana, and that's Mike Desmo. You mentioned the uh, tailgating. What for a quintessential tailgate? What's what's the top item it needs to have? Oh gosh! Granted, you're I think, kind of I think tailgating, well, I, and you're also you're you're also kind of yeah, working. So yeah, that's right. Know. No, I get to kind of peruse, right? It's a, it, I do have a good situation because I just kind of hop, right? Um, I guess what I was insinuating, Doctor Maggard, is it's not like uh, booze could be uh, on the list for you the way it would be for that's perhaps right. someone but, else. But, but for someone else, I would, you know, for me, it's just, you know, have your protein of choice and your cold beverage of I'll choice, like right? How's that? that? That's, that's well, well said from the <laughs> AD. I put this question on our, on our Facebook page, our station Facebook pages uh, just a little while ago. Uh, some of the responses are tickets. Some of the responses are music. Mm-hmm. Um, and a whole lot of uh, responses of beer. Beer. So a whole beer. lot of responses of beer. If you're of age and drink responsibly, have fun. But, you know, it's it's part of the culture, right? The tailgate. We're in South Louisiana. The delicious food. Um, I love it, man. You, and like you said, getting to peruse, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. You just get to kind of. It's not too bad. You yeah. Know, uh, I usually am uh, pretty exhausted by the end of a game. 
Yeah, but that's just because you, you, that's because you, what, I've seen how you view a game. <laughs> it ain't from the tailgating. You well, could it, not tailgate it, it, at all. If you just showed up to a game, fair enough. From, you're more tired than some of the players that have played every snap. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's, uh, this year will be better. I promise you. I promise you. What, what will be better? You'll see a little bit more relaxed. Oh, Brian. yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe you. I, are, is this something you're working on? Is nothing, this something your no, doctor said you no, need well, to do? Well, it's nothing that uh, little Xanax won't take care of. <laughs> <laughs> Want to talk about intensity. That guy right there on game days is... Uh, uh, mercy. Yeah, oh, I just, I just kind of nod at you. I'm like, hi. There you go. That's it. That's right. I, I'm like, I don't know. No. Once the game starts, I'm not going to... All right. Real question okay. here. Because you are, you are the AD. Uh, or a vice president, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yes, You're in yes, your sir. role during a game. I would imagine that there are fans or boosters or you know in, individuals that you respect that are important to the program. That maybe do they all kind of get it? I mean, are you, do you ever find yourself in a situation where they're like wanting to talk about oh, a yeah. bunch of other stuff? Oh, yes. I mean, you you got to <laughs> fight that urge of like, yeah. yes, yes, right. absolutely, but. It's turned down, you know, like, but you have to kind of stay, you know, buttoned up to it. Very much so. Very much so. You know, people, uh, and and where that occurs most is, you know, up in the suite, right? With the suite guests. And, you know, everybody's having a great time and they're, you know, they're doing exactly what we want them to do. Come up, relax, you know, have some adult beverages, have some good food. And the more they consume, it seems as if the more they want to talk about things other than football. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, right? That's okay. But uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm much better compartmentalizing than I am, you know, splitting the splitting the box, so to speak. So I'm sitting there trying to watch the game. To your point, it's third and two, and, you know, we, we need to get this first down. And then I'm hearing something in my, you know, right ear that I'm trying to translate mm-hmm. while I'm watching. So, yes, but, you know, it's, uh, it's an innocent move on, on sure, people. Sure, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you're not, you're not <clears> going <throat> to yell at them. No, no. Oh, no, absolutely You probably not. are emotionally want to respond to what happened on the mm-hmm. third down, That's whether right. it be good or bad. That's right. And yet they're talking. And yeah, I imagine you've, it's probably something you've had to work on, but you've got a lot of experience. You've gotten better. Huh? We're getting there. I'm getting better. <laughs> He's absolutely. Getting, He's getting uh, Dr. Brian Maggard. You know, getting back to tailgating for a moment while, while we're talking about it, I want to remind folks about the ultimate tailgate. Homecoming is October 1st. Uh, Fizo Seafood Steakhouse and Oyster Bar, UL Athletics, ESPN Lafayette. We've teamed up. We want to give away the ultimate tailgate for 50. Fizo sets, uh, sets up the tent, the tables, the chairs. They have a wait staff. They, they they cook the food. They provide the soft drinks and water. And you get 50 tickets to the game at a prime tailgate spot. It is a ton of fun. Only way to win it, though, is to sign up. Head to ESPNLafayette.com. Click on Tailgate for 50. or on the ESPN Lafayette uh, app. Click on Tailgate for 50, and you can sign up that way. Uh, but you've got a few games before homecoming. And these next two weeks, season opener tomorrow, Coach Desimo's first game. I mean, not his first game. I mean, it was the bowl game, but... Kind of the first game of a new, new era in a lot of ways. Um, I, I say new era, but I know the focus when when Coach Napier took the job at Florida, and we've talked about it, was continuity. Right. Is 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 my phrasing maybe too strong to say new era, or does it feel like a a, a new era? Well, you know, I, I do think it's a new era in the sense that you know we have one of our own leading this program now. You know, Mike Desimo is a true son of Louisiana. He's a new Iberian native. This is his dream job, and it should be. Right? This is a really, really good hit football coach job at the Division One level. And so, you know, Mike is absolutely going to put his own touch 
on this amazing blueprint that has been set here, which he was a part of establishing. And so in that regard, absolutely, I think there's a new era component to it, but we think the foundation is the same. There's, that's, you know, we, we knew this uh, product was not broken, so we didn't need to fix it completely. And uh, my charge was to go out and find the individual who I felt who could continue this foundation and build upon this blueprint who actually had a part in, in creating it from the, from the get-go. So I'm excited for Mike. I really am. I think, uh, again, he's, he's going to put his own flavor on things. Uh, as he said the other day, you know, he and his staff, starting after the bowl game, they, they went through every aspect of the program, offense, defense, special teams, and, and they questioned everything they did in the past. And they did that not out of doubt, but let's confirm why we're doing these things. And if we think there's a way to do it better, let's do that. Dr. Brian Maggot, our guest. uh, Tickets, if somebody goes today, tomorrow, to the Cajun Dome box office, is it, I mean, single game tickets, obviously, for tomorrow, but season tickets available, single game tickets for later. Isn't there a special where you can get three single game tickets? We have some some three packs uh, going on. You can just go to our website and check those out real quick. If you want to, you can get a single game ticket. If you want to grab a student that you know, right, have that individual go with you, show their ID, you get a GA ticket for $10. Otherwise, a GA ticket's $26, and that's going to get you in the end zone or up in the general mission section or on the hill. Um, But... uh, Single-game tickets are available. Season tickets are absolutely still available. We have some reserved, really good reserved season tickets still available, although those are limited. Um, and then there's those three packs that are out there. So grab grab whatever works for you. Yeah, I mean, you get it this week, next week, homecoming if you want. Absolutely. Knock it all out at once. Do it. Um, and I know the game against Eastern Michigan Week 2, that one's on NFL Network, yeah. which is really cool. But the importance of putting up a good crowd for – all of, you know, the obvious ones support the team. It's fun, mm-hmm. right? All of the stuff you get in a game day atmosphere. What are some of the maybe things that might not be, you know, keen to, you know, an observer's eye that isn't, that doesn't work in athletics? Some of the other things in terms of that help the program more than just on game day when you're able to get a good crowd. Well, I, I think, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, you can support this program in a variety of ways and never step foot on our footprint, right? You can uh, be a member of the annual fund. You could support a sports-specific foundation account, something like the quarterback club, you know, the back row club in volleyball, rebounders in basketball, diamond club, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? So there's there's ways to do that. You know, we have a lot of people who, you know, they, they give their talent and their time, you know, to the program. And so, but there are things that, uh, you know, that do certainly occur that, uh, you know, make everything work. And uh, we've got a really good staff as well. You know, I've got a lot of hardworking young people who right now, you know, over at Cajun Field and they're, they're running around and buzzing and, and making sure that everything, you know, for the customer tomorrow is going to be a positive experience. Dr. Brian Maggot, our guest, Rage Cajun Director of Athletics. Volleyball's got some games. That's right. Let's talk about volleyball. Today. So at 9 o'clock... First uh, tip-off, first serve, if you will. 9 a.m., folks. 9 a.m., that's correct. Right. I believe we're playing North Dakota State mm-hmm. uh, in that first match in the newly renovated Earl K. Long Gymnasium. 
We had a wonderful donor event last night to kind of celebrate that renovation. Had about 75 to 80 people there. Uh, had um, food, beverage, uh, gave tours of the facility. It was an unbelievable event last night, really hosted by Coach Gray, her staff, and the team, and our and our staff members. Um, but, yeah, that's 9 o'clock, and then they play again at 7 p.m. tonight. And, and I get it. You know, work schedules may not allow for a huge crowd at 9 this morning. I'll get over there after this. But um, – we need you out there at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, it's going to be a great, great atmosphere. Uh, the only component of the renovation that's not complete yet is our 9-foot by 15-foot Dactronics video board. And that should be here by the time of our second match at the soon. end of this month. And so you'll walk into a beautiful gymnasium minus the video board, which is going to add just unbelievable pop and fan experience. But this team is very talented. You know, they ha- they they should have, and they know it. They should have beaten Michigan State. Yeah, up in East Lansing, they were up two zero, um, and then they <clears throat> won the other two matches. So they're two and one. Uh, tonight's match will be tough against UTRGV. They beat us last year on the road. It's Christie's first uh, season, so they'll be a very athletic and competitive team. But um, got to get through the first one at nine, and then again at seven. Last time you and I talked, uh, Nico Yanko would. Just departed from Murray State. Um, I talked to you about the process of replacing him and timing wise, and then since that happened, Josh Bruner um, and and both of these guys did a great job. I know you're happy for him. He's at Mississippi State now, and uh, from a communication standpoint, I, I, I Josh was great. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's one of those guys. You know, Nico's very much more in the public eye. Josh was not, but. He was fantastic. He was. I can say that um, objectively. It's pretty difficult to, to replace those guys. I, I know you're good, you know, you've done a good job in replacing people that have departed, and most of the ones that have departed, you well, since you've been here, have done it because they've been really good at their job. So that's a good problem to have. But uh, timing-wise, what, what does it mm-hmm. look like when you replace those, those spots? You know, we're going to move much quicker – on the associate athletic director for communications position. That would the, be the Josh yes, right. had, yeah. Technically it's Patrick Crawford's old position. Technically, if we want to get really, you know, HR okay, Mr. lines. President okay. of collegiate athletics um, and then, then we'll things. we'll have that person come in and backfill Josh's okay. position, right? So we get to a four person crew. Right now it is team Matt running communications. That's Matt Sullivan and Matt Abair, and they're doing an amazing job handling all sixteen sports. Because, yes, even media relations occurs when you're not in season, right? But those two are running and gunning, doing a fantastic job for us. So i got to get that associate AD for communications filled first. On the external side, I'm going to run external this whole fall. I've shared this with my staff already. So I'm going to be that person. And we're going to take our time in uh, kind of stepping back and reevaluating our organizational structure and making sure that we do uh, whatever we do. Uh, do it right. And, uh, you know, it, it is hard to replace good people, but we are all replaceable, myself included, right? So nobody is irreplaceable. But this, all this change is allowing me to kind of step back, reevaluate, and see, you know, is there a better approach to doing some things? So I'm excited about that opportunity. You hate to see good people leave. On the other hand, you're very happy for them. You know, we, the good news is we, we don't have to terminate people here, you know, we, we lose them, and if we lose them, it's to a great opportunity, and that's what you want. So we'll take the semester, the fall. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm your external guy as well, but I say that a little bit uh, tongue-in-cheek because we have a external staff, whether it's creative, video, 
marketing, uh, event management, broadcast, et cetera, et cetera, right? These people are really, really good at what they do. So it's a very well-oiled machine. I just kind of sit in those Monday and Thursday morning meetings and uh, oversee it. Oversee it. Um, but uh, these people know what they're doing. They're really good at what they do. And my job right now, I want to focus on making sure that as we reevaluate our structure, we're also doing some things to lock some really good people down. Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest. We're going to let him hit up some other radio stations in the meantime, but Louisiana Rage Cajun football kicks off their season tomorrow at Cajun Field, <clears throat> 6 o'clock kickoff. Single game tickets, season tickets, all available right now. Cajun Dome box office, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. today. Uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow morning up until the start of the third, and then the other ticket booths around Cajun Field, the one next to Russo Park, 8 CD&E, those will be open at about 10.30. And uh, as you said, if you know a student, bring them with you, student ID. And if you are a student, you know, $10 general admission ticket there as well. Uh, and let's let's kick off this thing. New era, as you said, native son. It's exciting, and college football is finally here. We're tired of talking about it. We're ready just to, to get down to it and see it. I think that's exactly right. And we never want to look ahead or look past something, but we are, you know, internally we're already focused on Eastern Michigan next Saturday. We have to have a packed house. Have to have a packed house. That's a nationally televised game on a Saturday night, 6 p.m. kick, right? We get some grief, you know, when we play on a Wednesday and Thursday on national TV. Since I've been here, at least, we've never had a national game national on TV Saturday night. When they want it, yeah. Saturday night. So we got to have a packed house, a lot of students, a lot of fans, and we've got to show America what Cajun football looks like on TV. Thank you, Dr. Maggard. Thank you. All right, don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues. Some predictions coming up on uh, win-loss records for the teams we cover and more. Don't go anywhere. A number of high school games last night as well. We'll give you updates on those scores and what to look for tonight. Great Scott Show football is here. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN 1420, KPEL Lafayette, ESPN 1033, K277DQ Lafayette. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Back into the Great Scott Show. Quarter after eight, coming up in 30 minutes. A few employees from Twin Peaks will be in studio. Twin Peaks will be a big part of tailgating throughout the year. A great place to watch games as well. We'll give away Twin Peaks gift card coming up later in the show as well. Stay tuned for that. Hit college football last night. Slate of games. The backyard brawl back You know, that's the one element of conference realignment that does get talked about a little bit and has been talked about a little bit, but oftentimes it's just a shoulder shrugging like, eh, what are you going to do? See, like, if you had told someone 15 years ago, yeah, Texas and Texas and Texas A&M are just going to stop playing each other every year, people would have thought you were crazy. But conference realignment happens. A&M says we're going to the SEC. We're not playing you every year. Now, it'll come back as Texas, uh, ironically, is you know joining the SEC soon as well. But the point is, 
it, it's it's the element of college athletics that gets lost in the discussion of money when it comes to conference realignment. And Pitt versus West Virginia was one of the great rivalries in college football. And maybe you don't realize it because you live down here and, and maybe it's not, you know, Alabama-Auburn or, or, or Florida-Florida State and, and these ones that are more notable programs that have had a lot of success. But it for years, I mean, the backyard brawl was a really – it is a really big deal. And it went away with the first big run on conference realignment, which happened 12 years ago when – Teams started, you know, jumping conferences uh, for for TV market purposes. The latest run of conference realignments for, you know, slightly different reasons. But what gets lost in that is some of those great rivalries. And, you know, with Texas, Texas A&M, well, you know, you saw Texas-Oklahoma, the Red River rivalry, and that kind of... But, you know, West Virginia and Pitt not playing each other for 11 years, it'd be like telling an Auburn or Alabama fan, like, yeah, you guys aren't going to play each other for, like, the next decade. Like, why, what? They're both in the SEC. That's not going to happen. They're not going to leave the SEC. I get the circumstances are different, but I'm trying to tell you how big of a deal. I mean, West Virginia fans were probably pre-gaming for the backyard brawl for like the better part of the last decade. I'm surprised there weren't more fights in the stands last night of that game, to be honest with you. It was, um, it was awesome. It was awesome, and it was a great game. And then you had Purdue, you know, Drew Brees just – being sick to his stomach watching. You think the guy would be used to just like seeing his defense blow a big lead late and the offense having to score a bunch of points because he did that for many years in New Orleans, especially in the middle of his career. But who knows Who knows what Breeze is going to be doing on TV this year. I just know that seeing him last night on the Fox pregame show, which has Reggie Bush on it and Matt Leinert and others, but hearing Drew and Reggie talk about a play from a playoff game against the Eagles, the 2006 Saints team, I was there. I remember the hit. Sheldon Brown hit Reggie Bush so hard, you could hear it. You could literally feel it. I know that might sound dumb. Like, you could feel it in the stands. The boom. Hardest hit I've ever heard in person. And, and that gets brought up. Last night when the two of them were talking about one of his throws being a little off and then Drew follows it up and he remembers all these details and I'll let you hear it and then I'll explain to you the one thing. As soon as I saw it, there's something that immediately popped in my head. But first, listen to the sound yourself. But Drew, we want to talk about some another moment in your career that you had, which was a play from our time in New Orleans. It was the uh, NFC Championship game in, in, 2000 and, in uh, 2006. It was the NFC Divisional Round game for the record, but sorry. Go ahead. And uh, oh, there was a specific oh my pass. Hey, that, listen, I didn't bring this up. No, the producers want to bring this up. All right, Shelton Brown, right? Great corner. Jim Johnson. Yes. They brought zone pressure, but they would roll the cloud corner behind it. So I didn't see that. Our hot answer was the wide route. Well, you took it like a champ. Look at you. Bro, you got it. You came back. You balled out for us. Exactly. But I tell you what. Tell them. They brought that same strong dog pressure later on. Instead of throwing the wide route through the vertical hot to the tight end, got us the first down. We went down the baby. We won that game. Baby, let's let's go. go. We learned. You but, this is the greatest thing. Okay, my stomach, my head, and my legs were going different directions on that head. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. If I didn't say it enough, I say that. I'm sorry. So, the Fox crew, they have the video queued up, and they keep showing it, and they're laughing, but they're expecting it to turn into a whole segment where they're just ragging on on Reggie Bush for taking this hit. And 
you know, Breeze and him start laughing and smiling about it and then talking about the game and then they give each other a high five and I'm like, like, Drew, where where was that last year when you were on NBC? Like, that's that's the personality you needed to have on TV. That's what you need in the booth. And, and maybe it's not, it's hard for him because when he's not, you know, coming from a point of reference for something he went through, it's hard for him to do it in the moment. But, like, just that simple segment, all I could think of was, like, where was that all the last year? You're on network TV every single Sunday night in millions and millions of households. You did a few games as a color analyst on NBC, one of them playoff game, and it was just, eh, eh. If he had been more like what we saw on the pregame show yesterday where he was not on the panel, he was only a guest because he was, you know, he's there because he's a Purdue grad and a Purdue fan. They just brought him on the set for a segment. Oh, we're going to get him by showing this hit on Reggie Bush. Ha. And it just turns into this great moment between the two that's like real and organic. That, if Drew could be like that on TV all the time, he'd be great on TV. He'd be great on TV. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. High school football. Got some games last night. Number of games uh, with local teams. I guess the, there were two that were close. Notre Dame beat Southside 21-13. Lafayette High, they beat HL Bourgeois 56-7. Rain beat Beauchamp 39-0. Salford beat Washington Marion 42-0. Highland Baptist beat Homer Christian 20-14. Northside beats Northwest 21-15. But if you want to keep up to date with all of the local scores tonight, you just got to have our scoreboard handy. ESPN Lafayette app, week one high school football scores. You'll see it. See it on social media. You'll see it on the app. You'll see it on our website. Refresh that thing throughout the night as we'll be updating scores throughout the night. St. Martinville at Cecilia. You'll hear that one on our airwaves. Oh, uh, Opelousas High at Turlings. That'll be on 96.5 News Talk. And then Acadiana at Lafayette Christian Academy over on Classic Rock 105.1. Tons of other games in the area, though. Como at STM. Lorville at Erath. Westgate at New Iberia. That one will be fun. But as far as teams, Acadiana area teams, there's just there's tons of them. And we will be updating those scores all night throughout the night. And you can follow it uh, over at our website and on the app. Lots of games in college football last night. A whole, you know, you got some tonight, but high school football is kind of taking the focus. And you got a whole lot of games on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you've got one game, and that's LSU and Florida State at the Superdome. We'll have the ESPN radio broadcast of it for you. Clemson and Georgia Tech on Monday. You know, I asked Gus Kattengill last hour what his predictions were for UL and LSU this season. And I wanted to be able to really debate with him and get into why he was wrong or why he was off base or what. And I couldn't because his predictions are the same as mine. I think 9-3 and three for UL. Eight and four for LSU, unless they drop. If they if they lose to Mississippi State, they lose Sunday. You can forget about that. I don't think they're losing Sunday, by the way. Uh, but if they lose to Mississippi State, that'll change. But the schedule sets up nicely for LSU to, you know, get some early wins in the season. And the back half of it is is really really difficult. 
but I'm I'm thinking eight and four. Two game improvement from a year ago. And for the Cajuns, nine and three. I think they win the West, and I think they have a good chance to um, you know, win win the Sunbelt Conference Championship game, which you hope it's at home. Oh, when are they gonna lose their first game? I don't know about that. I'm not going game by game. It ain't gonna be the Saturday. And it could look, it it the ceiling is probably something like eleven and one. And the ceiling for LSU is probably nine and three. And the floor is probably six and six, five and seven. And for the Cajuns, it's probably, you know, seven and five. But I never go floor or ceiling. You look at the schedule, you look at what obviously, you know, who's coming back, you have a new staff, all of that stuff. You look at quarterback, obviously. But look at the schedule. I mean, when you look at the Cajun schedule, Southeastern, Eastern Michigan, Rice, ULM, South Alabama, Marshall, Arkansas State, Southern Miss, Troy, Georgia Southern, Florida State, Texas State. Today, if you were to look at a line of every single one of those games, they're only a betting underdog in two of them. Now, that's today. I get it. I get it. Once the season kicks off, things can change. Some teams are better than you expect them to be and vice versa. But that's my anticipation. If you have any predictions... Give me a shout, 337-269-1077, 337-269-1077. You can hit us up on Twitter, at ESPN Lafayette. Uh, Walker is in here. He would, you, If you listen at, in the 6 o'clock hour, you might have heard Walker on with Big Blaze and Nasty Nick. Nick just, he's got to get more creative because he's like, I just want to call you Walker, Texas Ranger. Like, as if you probably haven't heard that before in your life. Oh, a million times. So, you really, you were nice, but inside you were kind of rolling your eyes. Like, really, <laughs> again? We got a couple. Do you have any other nicknames? I mean, you played sports in high school. Yeah. You had, I mean, coaches give everyone nicknames. Uh, just call me by my last name, really. Griffon. Griffon. My dad called me Rudy growing up. All right. Why? I don't know. He just called me that ever since I was little. <laughs> yeah, but you like, I have no idea why he called me. He just wanted to name you Rudy, and your mom was like, no. Nah. And he's like, that's fine. I'm going to call him Rudy anyway. <laughs> All right, Rudy, what is your prediction for uh, LSU this season, regular season record? Uh, Nine and three, or and maybe ten and two. Really? Yeah. I why Why are you so high on him? You have a few te- former teammates on that team. Yeah. That. Another Walker, a Betch. I mean, you play yeah. with those guys. But, but uh, why 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 are you thinking I mean ten and two? I I think I'm, that's crazy, but they're very talented on the offensive side of the football. Very talented. But the quarterback play, you never know. So you think out of Ole Miss, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A and M, I mean you you're thinking they're winning half of those games? I don't think they'll beat Alabama. Florida. I mean, you think they're winning yeah, they'll know, beat three Florida. of those five? Yeah. Okay. So they're going to win all the games they're supposed to and split the ones where maybe it's a toss-up. Ten and two. I mean, if they're ten nine and two, and three. Nine they're three, ten, and, ten two. and two. If they're ten and two, I'll, I'll, I will not give you anything, but I'll make Nick give you something. <laughs> all right, what about the Cajuns? Nine and three. Ten and two. The same. So you're high on these teams? Yeah. Now are, you, are you typically an optimistic? You usually think teams are going to be better than they are? No. I think they're both going to have pretty decent years this year. I think LSU is going to be really good next year. Next year will be their right year. Right. This is a, this is a transition yeah. period. Sure, you're kind of. You know. But if they went eight and four, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels like it. It kind of feels like that number to me. I think anything. Look, I know that's not good enough for a lot of fans. I get it, 
But I think anything less than that is objectively disappointing in a big way. I mean, Brian Kelly said, I didn't come here to lose games. You know, he's not looking at this thing as a, um, you know, rebuild. And it's, it's not so much a rebuild, but it is it is a pretty big transition that I think I think takes some time. Uh, and as far as the Cajuns go, I know, <laughs> you know, they've won 13 in a row. I know Coach Desimo isn't looking for them to slow down either. I mean, they're 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 expecting to win every game every time they step out there. But uh, you know, there's so much unpredictability unpredictability about college football. And um, I don't know, man. I, I we're going to see some upsets week one across the country. You really, you know, almost saw some last night, but. Pitt got by uh, Oklahoma State, and you know they were up by a ton of points. They ended up only winning by two touchdowns. But you know, across the board, uh, Michigan State plays Western Michigan tonight. Don't don't think that's going to be an upset, but you never know, man. But Saturday, when we have all of those games, at some point, if you're watching football, you're out at a tailgate and they got a TV on, you're going to see a highlight, or you're going to flip over to a channel because the unthinkable's happening. Something every. I mean, yesterday yesterday was the. 16-year, 16, 15-year, 15 15-year anniversary of when App State went into Michigan and beat them at the big house. That was that was historic. That was memorable. I think we're going to see some kind of upset like that, some heavy underdog. Don't know who. Don't ask me who because I don't want you to go bet on something and then get mad at me. But, you know, somebody's doing something, man. Um, you know, anxious to see how this thing kicks off, but just ready, man. Just ready. I mean, are you kind of sick as, like me, just sick of waiting for this thing? Oh, yeah. Ready for this thing to go down? Let's go. All right. Uh, Joshua emails. He says, Scott, call me crazy. I think the Tigers are going to struggle out the gate. I do think they'll be better later in the season, but at that point, the schedule, as you mentioned, gets awfully difficult. I'm thinking 7-5 and five at best. As for the Cajuns, I think it's also going to be a struggle this year. I think there's been too many changes. I'm predicting seven and five for them as well. All right, so Joshua isn't feeling either of them. He's kind of on the, I mean, seven and five is a winning record, and yet I think it tells you about where these programs are, that if either of those end up being the re- the record for those teams, it'll be a disappointment. You know, that the the expectation and where the programs are is higher than that. Certainly for LSU a couple of years ago, it's much higher than that. But um you know, seven and five just isn't acceptable there either, ever. And I think for the Cajuns, they've they've come, you know, under Coach Napier, they set such a standard that Coach Desmond wants to take to the next level. Seven and five is is disappointing as well. Um, but appreciate you checking in, Josh. Carl emails. He says, Scott, what about your Saints prediction? I'll give you that one last uh, next week. I don't want to be too in the moment when it comes to the Saints. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, level-headed and not emotional like I am today after Marcus May gets uh, arrested for allegedly pulling a gun out in a road rage incident for a guy that already was under arrest last year for getting into a bar fight and driving under the influence. And a lot of, eh, you know, it's it's not the know-all, end-all, but we're just going to have to wait. Just going to have to wait and see. But I can ask Walker. Saints, what you got? Ten wins, ten and seven. Yeah, or maybe eleven and six. But either one gets you in the playoffs yeah, in the NFC. But probably ten wins because losing CD Deuce for nothing, and then 
Marcus May. How does Loomis throw a seventh rider in there too? Like what? What, what is that? I, I know it's oh, just a seventh. Come on, how do you throw a seventh rider in there too? Like, come on, what is this? What are you doing? ESPN Lafayette. Uh, all right, last thing you mentioned briefly: Alabama. They're number one team in the country. Um, Nick Saban last night already in midseason form at his coaches show. Like already. He's just out there letting every just, just 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 preaching, preaching. Recently signed a contract that you know will have him coaching at Alabama if he coached all the way through until he's seventy eight. But here's here's old Nick. This is just another reminder that college football really is back. And um, so I encourage everybody to be positive and. Um, you know, create a legacy for what we want to do this season. And you contribute to it in a positive way. All right, not in what I read these guys write all the time. All right, about, all right, who can, how, how can Alabama run the table? I mean, well, can't you figure out something better to do than that? I mean, come on. We, 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 we've got to play one game at a time. All right, so how can Alabama lose to this team? How can this team beat Alabama? I mean, how about this game? How about the church of what's happening now? I like now. Can we focus on what's happening now? How come no one's interested in that? Why, why do we have to go all the way? Anyway. All right. I apologize to those on the stream that might have heard uh, one curse word there slip out of Nick Stabin's mouth. I did not know that was in the soundbite. For those listening terrestrially, the uh, dump button came in handy. But, yeah, who gives a bleep? Saban, the season hasn't even started yet, and he is criticizing anyone who has written about the team and talked about the uh, – he's catering to, to the benefactors, the boosters, like, all of you, you're all positive, you do good things, while also simultaneously – ripping anybody that that looks ahead for Alabama, which, of course, you're going to do that. It's Alabama. I mean, the the bar is to win a national title. How could they not do it? How could they lose this? He's, ah, Nick, old Nick. For a guy that, like, you know, claims to only watch their weather channel and not really pay attention to much outside of sports, he's always paying attention to what those that cover Alabama are doing because he's always criticizing them. I mean, he's getting heated. They're just... He's just talking to a crowd, and as he begins on a subject matter, he just starts getting more and more upset and more upset. Always preaching. But when you're the best, arguably the best of all time, you can do that. DSP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll take a timeout when we come back. A couple of special guests are joining me. A couple of employees from Twin Peaks. We'll give away a Twin Peaks gift card in the next segment as well talk some more football it talks some tailgating about that don't go anywhere the great scott show continues on give me all you got friday espn lafayette the best ticket in sports Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show.
the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Got Friday. Have a few guests that join us in studio. Two employees from Twin Peaks. Tailgating. Be a whole lot of it tomorrow. Get a whole lot of good tailgating needs there. Uh, before we bring them in, been all kind of football talk, high school, college pro today. Big trade in the NBA yesterday. Donovan Mitchell traded away from the Jazz. You knew it was coming and got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, who it's a good move for Cleveland. Uh, yeah, they, they gave up some assets and some picks and Colin Sexton and Laurie Markkinen, but they got an all-star player and went for it. And uh, all the reports out there was, you know, well, the Knicks had offered R.J. Barrett and, number of other assets and a bunch of draft picks. And Utah's like, no, no. And they held on, and they got really good picks. And it's good to see another all-star guard go to the Eastern Conference if you're a uh, fan of the Pelicans, I'll tell you that, because the Jazz are now in full rebuild mode. You know, there was some jabroni Jazz fan that runs some blog that was like, these are good players. They might be a playoff team. Might be a what? No. I mean, the Jazz basically said, look, these guys aren't stars, but they'll have a role that's going to help us move forward. They're young. They can learn a lot with this franchise. They're not winning championships. The Jazz have been pretty steady, though. They've been a model of consistency. They've made the, they've made the postseason more in the last 30 years than every team in the league, with one exception, the San Antonio Spurs. So this is kind of new territory for them. Now, I get they've never won an NBA championship, but for, for over 30 years, they've been relevant and good. And they have to be good to be relevant in the NBA in that market. But, you know, they just, the winning line obviously dropped a bunch, but they decided, no, we're, we're good. We're done. We're not going to try to force this thing when these guys are unhappy and don't want to be there. We're not going to try to continue to make this work and the head coach is gone and Rudy Gobert's gone and Donovan Mitchell's gone and the Jazz chances of you know having a winning record this year are gone, but they're thinking big picture. And for the Cavs, it's a great move. What I'll never understand is, you know, in Cleveland, you talk to somebody that, that, that works the beat in Cleveland, the sports beat. And they will all say, man, every single year, these fans have all of this faith and hope in the Cleveland Browns. Every year. And they're, they're kind of mixed year to year on the Guardians. And yet, you know, formerly the, the Cleveland Guardians, still taking me a while to get used to saying that. And they're kind of doubtful of, of the Cavs. And I'm like, what? Cavs were good last year. Multiple All-Stars. 
You know, they're long gone since LeBron left them with without much to show for. I say not much. I actually checked that. A lot to show for it, a championship. But obviously when he left, you know, things went. But you, you trade that. You got a championship in Cleveland. But they are they are out from under that. You know, they have completely moved on from that. They are relevant. They are a factor in the East. And, you know, it's good to see good to see him move on. To an Eastern Conference team for once. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Great Scott show. We have a guest in studio now. Logan? Yeah, that's me. That's you? You you got a strength and conditioning shirt on. Speed, power, toughness. Yeah. Where does that come from? This is just my friend's t-shirt. Friend's (laughs) t-shirt? I was like, are you training folks here today? (laughs) Oh, good morning. You, you, uh, You work, um... Over at Twin Peaks, and I know with football season revving up. Yeah, we're excited. What What is football season like at Twin Peaks? Madness. So much fun. Madness. Yeah. No, it's it's awesome, man. We get super busy. Everyone comes in. Uh, we have a lot of like people doing their draft parties right now, getting super revved up. Uh, we're excited. You play fantasy football? I do not. Don't tell anyone, but I no, actually no, don't I watch football. I won't, I won't <laughs> tell you. No, you're working. You're working. Yeah. Um, speaking of football, though, you've got, obviously, you mentioned there, but... I think tailgating is such a big part of football here, uh, high school and college. Oh, for sure. I mean, whenever I went to LSU, that's pretty much the only reason why you go to games, just to tailgate. That was you? <laughs> that was what, that's that half was, the fun. <laughs> you went to – but, I mean, Twin Peaks, that's a – you want some good tailgating needs? I mean, you guys – Oh, yeah. We're, we're I think we're doing one tomorrow uh, – yeah, tomorrow for you guys. Got some cheese bites, fried pickles. It's going to be good. There will be uh, – Twin Peaks providing some food. There'll be some Twin Peaks employees at the Town Square Media Tent, which is um, kind of across the street from where the the band would typically play, a little bit to the right of that building. But go out, say hi, sample some of it, enjoy it. But even not, not even just tomorrow. I just mean in general, like if somebody is looking to cater their tailgate, you guys have a lot of delicious kind of perfect items. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we have a lot of great, like, I think it's like the perfect tailgating food. We have a lot of good fried stuff. Um, and we do big, like, party packs, so you can get um, just huge orders, just depending on how so many what's people your you're... Go- what's your favorite? My item? go-to, oof, probably the spicy Thai boneless wings. You kind of can't beat them. Our spicy Thai sauce is so good. I put it on everything. I see. Now you're getting me hungry. I, I, I <laughs> like, I love, I love Thai food. I love Thai sauce, and I do like spicy foods. So. It's the perfect, like, spicy, sweet combination. Yeah. It's, yeah, you'll get hooked. There's something about sweet and salty and then sweet and spicy that just works yeah. on, like. We also do a really good uh, spicy Thai ribs. Delicious. See, now you're speaking my language. <laughs> She's like, don't ask me specific football questions, but, but food questions. <laughs> I got you, man, fair all day. Game, fair <laughs> game. Uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, delicious food, scenic views, and a great place to watch the game. And if you're going to the game, a great place to cater your tailgate. Uh, and like you said, it's it's. I think you described it as madness over there. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the what's the wild, like? You've probably seen some fans get worked up. Yeah, there yeah. It's it's pretty wild. cool the way that um, the way that our restaurant set up. We actually have pretty much like every game that you want to watch is on a TV somewhere's in sight. So. You have a lot going on, um, but yeah, people get revved up, man. It's fun to watch, even though like <laughs> I'm not super into it. People start screaming, hollering. Uh, it's fun. Well, yeah. So you're, you said you're not used to it. There's got to be a part of you though that's just like when somebody starts screaming, 
either out of excitement or anger, you're just like, oh, it's just a game. Like, I'm not, a fight's not about to break out. They're just, well, they're just right, right. Yeah. And a lot of the times, like, I don't really know, like, what's going on because I can't, I'm not watching the TVs. I'm just busy pouring your beer, you know? So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. You just tell them, like, oh, yay or boo. What am yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to, like, get into it with them. Like, are we winning? <laughs> good or bad? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's football. Football is a serious thing. Uh, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. We're going to give away a Twin Peaks gift card here in just a couple of minutes. But um, you ever seen the show Twin Peaks? I have not. No, no. Not a big David Lynch fan? I'm not even no, sure who that no. is. See, somebody told me <laughs> to ask you that. I'm just having fun. You, but football-wise, you said you went to LSU, you did a lot of tailgating. So did you go into the games much, or was it just I like the tailgate? I have never been into a game. Wow. I only would tailgate, yeah. So you're kind of, you're <laughs> kind of like in the perfect spot for you. Like, this is... The stuff that surrounds the game, that fun. Part. Yeah, it's so it's a blast. Yeah, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys will be out there tomorrow tailgating outside a Cajun field and uh, Twin Peaks over there down Johnson Street, uh, past Barnes and Nobles to your left, across from Mason. A uh, great place to watch a game. Enjoy a cold one. Enjoy some good food. Might even see my friend Paul over there. I know he's there quite a bit. You ever see Paul over there? Oh, yeah. He's been in there a couple times. There he is. <laughs> He's in here wearing his uh, his football gear right now. Uh, Logan, thanks for coming in. Um, looking forward to uh, the tailgate tomorrow. And, um, you know, we've got some great gift cards from Twin Peaks. We'll be giving them away uh, throughout football season. But, you know, I'm trying to think of something I can, like, next time somebody's yelling something about a game, just be like, I mean – how do you feel about how they're operating, like, the RPO right now? Can you remember that? How do, how do they feel? How do, how do you feel? How do you, like, be like, so how do you think they're operating the RPO right now? Okay. How do you feel about that? How, all right. I and kind of be subtle that. about it so they're not sure if you're, like, good or bad, but they'll be like, whoa, like, it might, it, you know. Which might, like, impress a couple people. Maybe, or it might even intimidate them a little. Just, hey, um, how do you think they're operating under the RPO right now? All right. Offensively, I'll give, it like, a, I'll give it a shot. Offensively, I mean, or or if you want to, it would be like, I mean, you you think the just you think the RPO is good or bad for football? Just say that, and then see what they say. All right, I'll have to give it a shot. If they're like, what the RPO run pass option? Like, you think RPO is like the future of football? That's there. It is. We got it. Drop that one. Today, <laughs> Don't you think Logan. RPO is the future of football? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then see how they respond. All right. Perfect. And then next time I talk to you, you gotta let me know. What yeah, we'll uh, have to meet up again. And, yeah, and uh, then don't tell them. Be like, oh, someone told me to say that. Just just kind of <laughs> nod, and if they're like, what do you think? Be like, eh, and then go serve another beer. Just like, walk away. <laughs> just keep it, you know, keep it just keep it subtle. Yeah. Keep it subtle. I mean, you could tell it to Paul. He'd be like, oh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, you know. <laughs> but you'll, you'll, get, you'll get a lot of good responses, I think. Uh, Logan, thanks for coming in. Uh, enjoy football season. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. All right. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. So here's what we got for you on our airwaves. Tonight, St. Martinville at Cecilia. Mike Bernard has it for you. The St. Martin Parish Game of the Week. Pre-game at 645. Opelousas at Turlings High. That is on News Talk 96.5 KPEL. Pre-game at 6. Scott Brasley, Kavon Bordel, I'll have it for you. Acadiana at Lafayette Christian Academy. LCA. Brandon Como. Speed and Weed, Ian Ozan, coming in for it. Listen live on Classic Rock 105.1 and all of the streaming platforms of these stations at Town Square Media as well. And as I said, we will be updating the scoreboard for you throughout the night. So make sure you hit refresh 
as week one of high school football is finally here. Number of games last night, uh, worth noting, Notre Dame beat Southside 21-13. Lafayette High beat HL Bourgeois 56-7. Northside beat Northwest 21-15. Rain beat Beauchesne 39-0. Salford defeated Washington Marion 42-8. And Highland Baptist beat Homa Christian 22 14. For Raging Cajun football, we'll have pregame for you tomorrow beginning at 4 o'clock. Richie Falgu and Steve Peliquin have the pregame show for you. Gerald Broussard and Jay Walker will be in the booth. Cody Juno on the sideline as Louisiana kicks off their season against Southeastern. Kickoff of Cajun Field set for just after 6 o'clock. Single game tickets, game tickets for tomorrow's game, all available for you over at the Cajun Dome box office up uh, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. today. And all the other ticket booths around Cajun Field will open up tomorrow at 10.30. Cajun Home Box Office at 10. And they'll be selling tickets up until uh, the start of the third quarter. It is here. Enough talk. Time to play. Monday, Labor Day. No local shows. So my weekly one-on-one interview with Coach Michael Desermo will be on Tuesday next week. But looking forward to that and looking forward to uh, just coming in Tuesday and Talking sports. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow at halftime and post game for Rage Occasion Football. We'll also be hosting the Rage tomorrow night right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. That's going to do it. Have a great weekend, everybody. The Dan Patrick Show is next. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Yeah. 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 Yeah.